The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. <sighs> Sorry I'm late, everyone. It's all right. The meeting's just getting started. Are you in your closet? Yeah, it's the quietest place. <laughs> ah, not the roomiest, though. Getting closer with your closet these days? That a uh, dinosaur costume behind you? What? No. <laughs> The Container Store's custom closet sale is here to help with up to 25% off closet systems and free virtual in-home closet design. Who wants Sean to put on the dino suit? Really, guys? The Container Store, where space comes from. It's time for Bruce Buffer's podcast. Don't sue me, Buff. Hi, I'm TJ DeSantis. I produce this thing that we call It's Time Radio with Bruce Buffer. I'm here because I've got some bad news. You probably know it already. Brian Ortega, he is not fighting Max Holloway this Saturday night for the UFC's undisputed featherweight championship of the world. No, he's not. And I think we're to blame for it. We had a chance to speak with Brian Ortega earlier this week. And even in this show, I said to Buffer, hopefully we're not jinxing this thing. We're talking to Brian Ortega on a Tuesday. The fight's on Saturday. This podcast gets released on Thursday. What's going to happen if Brian Ortega's not fighting? If something crazy pulls Max Holloway off the card, what's going to happen then? Well, this, me telling you that we did an interview with Brian Ortega about the fight on Saturday that is not happening. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Damn it. Sorry, people. However, still good stuff on this podcast. Uh, Bruce and I break down the card that is this Saturday night. We also talk a little bit about the Ultimate Fighter finale, which is tomorrow. So, uh, without further ado, it's time with Bruce Buffer and Brian Ortega right here. It's time with Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are popping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but maybe you're afraid to voice, but do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on this time. That's why we say conversation about sex, drugs, rock and roll, no holes barred radio, politics, film, TV, UFC, and all sports that we love and love to talk about. So we're here today. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, I finally did what I was supposed to do. In the last four weeks, I've been to London. I came back. I went to Singapore. I came back. Before that, I went to London again to film a movie. I did Chicago. Finally, I had a weekend to myself. TJ, I finally did something I've only done once in the last five years. I took two days to myself and took a vacation. I went to Laguna Beach. I stayed at the Surf and Sand Hotel Resort there on the beach. I had the most relaxing, wonderful time with my friend for two days and just enjoyed, enjoyed, enjoyed. And it's just what the doctor ordered. I'm ready for UFC fight week. We got everything coming up here. I did a ton of recordings and videos uh, that came in for orders at BruceBuffer.com today. I'm all caught up in my work. I'm about to do my fight cards after we do the show. And most of all, we have a special guest on the show in Brian T. City Ortega, who is putting his blood, sweat, and tears on the line fighting for the featherweight championship belt against the warrior Max Holloway, the reigning champion. And I am so, so excited. So let's get Brian on the show. And let's start this show off the way it should be started, with a bang. What's going on, my bro? I'm good. It's all good. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. You know, I'm a huge fan before we ever became friends. But you are about to accomplish something, potentially, 
as the biggest night of your life. I'm proud of you. I wish you congratulations. Big cheers and no fears forever. I have one big question for you, Brian. What does this fight mean to you most of all? Um, for me, it just means two things come. It's a package that comes in together, man. And it's two things that come in at once. It's my dream that I've always worked my entire life for sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears. This, this is finally within reach, you know, it comes Saturday. And that's, that's the selfish part of it. The, the unselfish part is what it puts me on the map, man. It puts me as a champ. It gives me a crown to walk around with, and it, it, it does what what I feel field champions have done is take that crown and do something good with it. And that's what I want to do. That's why I started my foundation. That's why I've been helping out people, and, and that's what I'm doing. So with this live, we're going to try to reach and touch as many people as we can and help and just, like I said, man, I truly think I can make the world a better place, and I'm going to take my shot at it as well. I, I love it, and that's truly why the key reason that I respect you, aside from my liking you as a friend, because you truly are a role model in today's world of mixed martial arts and in the varied uh, types of role models that we have in mixed martial arts. You know, you're going up against a fighter that is a very highly skilled fighter, a warrior in his own right. We cannot say anything bad and only good about Max Holloway. And I know that your last fight, you know, the potential to face him, everything is coming into Saturday night. Max is a Muay Thai and jiu-jitsu fighter. You are a jiu-jitsu fighter under Henner Gracie and a striker who is improving with his boxing and striking abilities every time I see you. So you're very similar because I've seen you use your knees. I've seen you use your elbows. You're capable of everything. What is the key note that you need to watch out for facing Max when you prepare for this fight? I just got to make sure I don't let him get in his rhythm, you know. Once he, once he, once he gets in a good rhythm for himself, he, he tends to just pick up the pace and, and, and pretty much he can throw for 25 minutes. So if I let him get his rhythm and his pace going, then uh, it's just going to be a brutal war for both of us. But if I, if I can choose and dictate what I want to do and how I want to do it, then uh, it'll be more of like a, a dissection you know, process for me. Exactly. Now that brings me into the next question. You have, and unless I'm incorrect, correct me, but you have only fought three round fights in the UFC octagon, correct or not correct? I fought the main event against Swanson was a five rounder. Okay, the five rounder. So now, uh, excuse me, I, I didn't should remember. Should have gone five. Should have gone five, exactly. So now when you're preparing for this five round fight, knowing that Max has already had his share of five round fights, is your training because you have great cardio, but you know, cardio for three round fight, cardio for five round fight is, is very different. So is your training changed to adapt to the potential of a 25 minute war? No, absolutely, man. We've trained harder than I ever have before in my entire life. And I literally got used to having 25 minutes of war be a comfortable state of mind for me. That's what this entire camp has been. It's been, first it was pushing me to the limit to get there and, and, and not just making it, but really doing a good job in there, really moving and, and, and pressing forward and, and pretty much dominating every single round with my sparring partners as time went on. Mm -hmm. And eventually when I would show up for sparring, it became just routine. It's like, I know how long I have to be in there. I'm comfortable in there and I can press forward. And uh, it was just a crazy training camp for me. And I'm glad it's finally over, to be honest. And uh, now we're here just resting the body and getting ready for this war on Saturday. Okay, so now with that being said, you got Max Holloway. He's a taller fighter. He's got three inches on you because he's 5'11". You're 5'8". He's got three inches on you in reach. You've got a 39-inch reach in your legs. He's got a 42-inch reach. But you're equal in arm length. So with that being said and training for a taller fighter, is there any adjustment you have to make there or does it really make any difference at all? You're going to see, uh, I think, uh, I've grown a couple inches since they last took those measurements. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You know, I, I got to tell you, Brian, you just achieved what every man wants, achieved, wants to achieve in his life, an extra couple inches no matter how you get it. Good for you, bro. <laughs> 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 I'm good in that department. But, you know. <laughs> I have no doubt. Come on. 
you no worries. You're a warrior. Not even a question. So we'll leave that one to, to for the question mark in everybody's head. But great answer, Brian. See, TJ, this is it. Let me tell you something. I've said this about this young man before. Million-dollar looks or termed as movie star looks, personality personified, great comeback to the buff on that number. Sorry, excuse me for calling myself the buff. Brian, You've got a lot of a lot of your disposal, and it goes way beyond the octagon as far as your fighting career. So, good shot, brother. I love that. I love that. I'm gonna remember that one. <laughs> hey, if you don't mind, let, 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 let me jump in here quick, uh, Bruce. Brian, this is the the biggest UFC of the year. It's um, you know International Fight Week. This week of all the weeks is uh, always pushed as you know the, the time you have to buy. Uh, a pay per view. Uh, you're in the co-main event. It is uh, you know a fight that you know, plays quote-unquote second fiddle to a super fight between the heavyweight and light heavyweight king. Um, a lot more people in Vegas for this one, a lot more people on the ground, I think, for this fight than any of your other fights. Does it feel any different, or is it is it business as usual? It doesn't feel any different. Um, not at all, man. For me, it, it feels... I was just here not that long ago for the Frankie fight, so honestly, it just it's a little replay of of the whole entire thing. And... I've been so consistent this entire year that really there's there's a certain kind of vibe that fighters get when they come to the hotel. You come in, you check in, you sign your posters, you have to do media, you have to do all these things. I've been doing this for nonstop, whether it was, this is my fourth fight in less than a year, and after every single fight, I have to, I have to have do media and, and just kind of stay busy and, and these things that stress normal people out or other fighters out, now it's just becoming normal for me. And... I'm in here right now, and I just literally I walked up and to, we or the we you know we got dropped off over here at the T-Mobile Arena, and I seen the you know the photo with Max and myself, and it was just like okay, like I've been there and done that. Signed when it was with Frankie, um, you know it's just I feel like I'm where I belong, and I feel comfortable here finally. You know what can you say? I mean the, the fact that he's comfortable, he's a cool cat. We've been we've been. Discussed it before on the show. You got so much going for you, Brian. I got to tell you, I truly do respect and like Max Holloway. And when people ask me, with all respect to you, my friend, and I mean my friend, and with all respect to Max, my answer is always, may the best man win. Because it all comes down to that on Saturday night. May the best man win that shows up that night in the octagon. When I'm in there, I'm an equal opportunity announcer. I am going to roar your name like you've never heard it before. And I'm going to give you everything I got. And out of respect, of course, I'm going to do that for Max also. And I'm going to run to my seat like the huge UFC fan that I am, being the kid in the candy store that I am, I'm going to watch you two warriors go at it. And I can't wait to get in there and say, and still, or and new, with all respect to both of you, because a war is about to be had. Now, you are the co-main event on this card. A lot of people I talk to think you're the biggest fight they're looking forward to on the card. But being this, this great card... Yeah, <laughs> yes. Confidence, baby. Do it. Show it. I want to hear it. This fight is the main event. That's man. it. You know, That's it. You know, they said heavyweights took over the show, but nah, man. Wait till you see this fight, then you're gonna see the next, and it's, you know, it, well, you're we're gonna be the we're gonna be the full meal, and these guys are gonna be the dessert in the end. I love it because yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're sandwiched between it's two heavyweights. Just end your night, you know. Well, you're sandwiched between two heavyweight fights, like a like a warrior sandwich, shall we call it? But out of respect to the main event. Just your own. Let's let's t let's talk about just an, uh, an analyst, which you which you do for UFC and such. Stipe and Daniel Cormier. Do you believe that if Daniel Cormier beats Stipe Miocic, a hard task Saturday night? Do you believe that he truly can be considered probably one, if not the greatest UFC fighter of all time, because of what he's accomplished in his career? Do you think he's in status for that? That for sure comes with holding two belts. You know, anytime someone holds two two belts in two different divisions, that makes you already a, a unicorn in MMA, you know? You have a few guys who have done that in the sport, and it's very hard to do, especially for him to move up a different weight class. Um, like I said, the heaviest weight, you know? These guys hit the hardest out of anyone in the mm -hmm. entire roster, and this guy is a champ uh, of that division. And I think he's the longest reigning defending champ of the heavyweight, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so, he is. Now, this, is. This, yeah, this for sure will put him up there as one of the best fighters that is out there. Awesome. If he can do it. If he can do it. Well, you're in great company come Saturday night. I also want to let you know, Alan, uh, text me. Um, I know that you, you know how much I love black belt surf gear. I wear it all the time. Okay. And 
uh, my brother Michael, I got to tell you, my brother Michael Buffer and I were going to London. I think I already mentioned this to Alan, who might have told you. I was wearing my black belt uh, surfer jacket, the one you gave me recently, the last time we were in Vegas together. And I yeah. have, now remember, I've been announcing for 22 plus years. I manage my brother's career. We travel all over the world together. He's seen every MMA shirt I've ever worn on my body, including UFC logos. Never has he reacted the way he reacted when he saw black belt surfer gear when I was wearing that jacket. The first thing he said to me is, where can I get one of those? And Alan is is taking care of my brother, and, and my brother's very excited about it. It's amazing. Michael Buffer, the legendary announcer, uh, most historical you know announcer in the world, Loves black belt surfing. He's going to be wearing your gear, your gear, bro. He can't wait. He's that's, all excited. That's that's a true honor for for myself and the and the owners of black belt surfing, man. That's honestly the fact that he said that. Um, both of you guys, man. The fact that both of you guys rep not out of out of just you know life for a fighter, but just you know just you love the brand, you know, and that's what it was, man. We loved a, a brand, and when we met, when we created this, and now it's taking off, man. Black belt surfing is in effect. All the way. Well, I want to tell everybody listening that it's my favorite gear out there. I wear it all the time, courtesy of you and Alan and your team. Um, I am a black belt a few times over. I'm a surfer since I was 15. So when I put on that shirt and I put on that gear, I don't think anybody can understand the feeling I have repping that. I feel like I deserve and, 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 and paid my dues to wear that. That's why I love it so much, aside from also the other 50% of the equation that it represents you, Brian. So I'm doing that of honor to Buff, you. I feel like you wear that shirt too much and it's starting to fade. You need to get some shirts because uh, no. the, the one that I always see you in, <laughs> bro, that thing looks like it's 10 years old. We got all new ones, bro. We got you, Buff. There we go. Hey, let me tell you something. I'll take all I can get, but if you look at my Instagram or my Twitter and you see me at the gym, I am still wearing black belt surfing shirts for the very first one these guys ever gave me. The and very it's first one. The very Final first day. one. Exactly. And I wash that thing every friggin' week. And it still stands strong. Why? Black belt surfing. Figure it out, folks. That's what I'm talking about. We make quality stuff, man. <laughs> yes, you do. And Michael told me to specifically tell you on the podcast tonight that he wants to wish you all the best for your war come Saturday night. And he's sending you his best wishes. And I say that sincerely because that's true. Thank you, man, for you and your brother, man. That, that's a huge honor for me. You're very welcome, Brian. Listen, you got so much going on. Get in there, enjoy it, get your beauty sleep, get your rest, get your training in. I will see you in my office on Saturday and be ready to go to work. Let's do this. All right, you got it, Brian. Thanks so much. Give my best to the team. I'll see you guys uh, Friday or Saturday, okay? All right, my brother. All right, take care, Brian. Be good. I'm going to be bold here, Buffer, and say we just spoke to the future UFC featherweight champion of the world. And I'm not necessarily saying that Brian Ortega will win this fight on Saturday, but I have a hard time believing that he will fight an entire career without UFC gold wrapped around his waist. I believe it's, I agree with you. I believe it's his destiny, whether it be Saturday night or after. I also believe that Brian is an example, as I talk about all the time on this time radio, of my idea and true belief and what a role model in any sport, much less our great sport of mixed martial arts and being in the UFC is all about. And I'll say one thing in the future, not only will you see a featherweight champion belt around him, but you'll never see him attack a bus. How's that? Ah, there you go. And, and it's very true. Um, yeah. it, it's very interesting looking at Max Holloway and, and Brian Ortega on Saturday night. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to say this because I didn't want uh, Brian to, to hear and, and, and think about this because he should focus on one thing. But really, Holloway versus Ortega, this has the makings of when it's all said and done to be like a trilogy. Do you know what I mean? Both of these fighters are so good and they match up so well that it's really hard to pick a winner. And I think that whoever wins this fight on Saturday, there's eventually going to be a rematch. And whoever wins that fight, it could just unfold as one of the best, uh, you know, sort of trilogy matchups uh, we could get here in this division. And uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm being bold by saying that necessarily, but... These guys are so talented and match up so well that, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, I, I almost want to see it ran back, and, and we don't even know what, you know, number one looks like yet. Yeah, I'm with you all the way. You know, while we're on the subject of this card on Saturday night, and, and I'm with you all the way on the featherweight championship, we touched on the heavyweight title. Mm -hmm. Let's just take a second before we go into the news stories and talk about tough a little bit. Uh, the other fights on this card, because this card, I'm just, when we, when we finish the show, yeah. which we're recording earlier this week, 
I've got four hours of work ahead of me to do the fight cards and everything for both shows. Yeah, I've ladies and gentlemen, started. it's Tuesday right now. So if, if you hear this interview and something happened with Holloway and Ortega, we we don't know that yet. So uh, knock right. on wood, everything should work. But, you know, you and I have a uh, a long history of recording things, getting off the air, and then all of a sudden the MMA world gets turned upside down and our podcast doesn't reflect it. So hopefully that doesn't happen here. Or if I can remember, we've looked at each other and gone, WTF, why didn't they tell us this 10 minutes ago? We well, yeah. The show and something comes out. And then unfortunately, more often than not, it, it had something to do with John Jones. But, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's you enough know. said there. Okay, so now uh, the heavyweight fights before Brian Feist. He's mm. sandwiched between two heavyweight fights. It's Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis. Oh, you God. know that somebody's going down. It's Timber in that fight. It's not going three rounds. And uh, maybe the best man with the number five contender in Derek Lewis against the number one contender in Francis Ngannou. Right. Before that fight, you've got Michael Chiesa coming back after his fight was called off due to his injury, due to the uh, somewhat people would represent as almost a terrorist attack on the bus that day. But he is back. He's ready to go to war. And he's going against Anthony Pettis. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That, that was the fight. That was the fight that was supposed to happen. But it is, it's still happening, right? right? Yeah, no, that was the fight that was supposed to happen when... Uh, That's the fight that was supposed to yeah, happen. Yeah, when, when Connor okay, went yeah. a little bit uh, too crazy. So we're, we are getting it. Gotcha. Okay, so we got that happening. And then the first fight of the main card is Gohan Saki against uh, Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, sign know. me up for that. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's very mm -hmm. hard. Uh, Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, really everyone at the UFC that does anything, uh, you know, as far as future planning goes, knows that International Fight Week is the most important week when it comes to the UFC putting out its right. best foot forward. And for this card to remain intact, to not go through massive changes like it has in the past, uh, it's awesome. I'm happy it's finally here. I hope I'm not jinxing it. But, you know, to, to have this card on paper look as good as it does, and, you know, so far so good, hopefully everyone makes weight, uh, for this to actually go off without a hitch, like, you know, it's... I think it's sixty four ninety nine uh, on pay-per-view if you buy it through UFC.TV. Uh, don't tell anybody. I'd pay $100 or more for this card because it's that damn good. Yeah, you know, when you mentioned sixty nine ninety nine, now, again, I, I always buy the pay-per-views for my mom before I leave. And uh, I actually buy the pay-per-views like twice almost every show to make sure my loved ones see them uh, who are big fans. What was I going to say? Um Sixty What is the normal price? Did they raise no, no, the price no, no, for no. this pay-per-view? It, it's it's sixty four ninety nine. Sixty four ninety nine. Um, you can buy it through some other outlets that are like fifty nine ninety nine. But roughly, mm -hmm. if you want uh, HD, uh, it is sixty four ninety nine, and uh, that's what I always pay on uh, UFC TV, which is the uh, the internet stream. You know, it can be confused with with Fight Pass. Fight Pass is the service that is available through UFC.TV, but UFC.TV is that uh, internet pay-per-view stream, and uh, that's that's what I pay. That's what I uh, watch it gotcha. on. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. So now let me give you a few other fights, and I'm going to tell you this is an example of why, and I've said this on an Instagram post today. I've said it on the show before about past shows. Seriously, USC 226 is one of these pay-per-view events that if you truly consider yourself a, quote, true UFC fan, then unless you have a family affair your wife's birthday or your right. anniversary or you're getting married, there really is no reason yeah. for you not to watch hey. UFC 226. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing. This is the UFC fight card that you buy when you're not a UFC fan, all right? right. This is right. the fight right. card that gets the casual fans that only tune in for the Conor McGregor's and Ronda Rousey's of the world. This is the fight card that you look forward to in January when you don't even know who is on the damn Card. Unfortunately, yours truly, about eight years ago, as a matter of fact, eight years ago today, as we record this July 3rd, when Brock Lesnar fought Shane Carwin, this guy on this side of the microphone decided to get married on that day. And uh, <laughs> I, I missed the marquee card of that year back in 2010. But, uh, you know, thankfully, right, th thankfully, I'll never get married again. And I, I plan accordingly to that uh, first Saturday in July most most every year. Very cool. Well, it's actually a matter of record that I've never missed a UFC card due to getting married. So that's well, I mean, and, and you <laughs> almost missed a couple cards getting divorced twice. So yeah, you know? exactly. So got to be careful either way with the fights on this card. I'll tell you one last fight. Obviously, you've got you know Rob Font and Rafael Sunsau. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be good. Paulo that, that's the FS1 main Hall. event. Honestly, like this card is main events everywhere. All I see are main everywhere. events. Here's the one I like, aside from the others, which I like all of them. Paul Felder stepping in against Mike Perry. 
Yeah, I'm yeah, really I'm, looking forward to that because Paul Felder's my boy from Philadelphia. I like Mike Perry too. It's going to be a war. Hey, These can, I, can, I, can I just say, if anyone has a pacemaker or heart problems, don't watch the UFC on Saturday night. You, you're not going to be able to handle it, okay? Or yep, at least have yep. like you know your heart medicine nearby because I think there is going to I like this card can't under deliver. Like it can't be underwhelming. I I just don't see it. There's too much. Yeah. There's too much gunpowder in the barrel. No, it's not an undersell. It's an oversell. And now leading up to the show on Friday night at the Pearl at the Palms at the Casino, the Palms Casino Resort in Vegas, we've right. got the tough finale. I cannot discuss uh, who will be in the tough featherweight and lightweight final bouts, but I will tell you the main event between the uprising star, Israel Adesanya. Did I say his name last correctly? You'll say Adesanya. it right on Saturday, and I'm in I, no, I, uh, I am in no way prepared to tell you how to say it right now. I, I will say it correctly on, on Saturday or Friday night. I think you me. got it right, to be honest with you. Well, I got to double check and, you know, UFC, we're all really good about that as a team. But Brad Tavares, who is a warrior in itself, number yep. eight rated uh, middleweight contender in the world against the upcoming Israel Adesanya. Uh, again, I'll correct that on Saturday if I need to. Big fight, main event, Alex Caceres, Martin Bravo. Always a pleasure to see Alex Caceres. And Roxanne uh, Montaferi. Now, wasn't she fighting in Invicta and she's back with us now? Yeah, uh, she. I mean, her last fight was for the UFC 125-pound championship where she right. fought uh, Nico Montano. But, yeah, I mean, Roxanne has been around for a very long time. Um, you know, she, she made it through to the Ultimate Fighter um, that first season uh, where Ronda coached against Misha. She was on the Ultimate Fighter there. Um, she had a couple fights, I think, in the UFC after that. She was released, fought in Invicta, uh, fought for a title in Invicta, uh, came up short there, but then uh, got back into the UFC through the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, she continues to uh, do work. I mean, she's uh, a true uh, OG, if you will, in the game, and uh, her career continues this, uh, this week. Very cool. And her fight against Barb Honchak, excuse me. Former Invicta who's... FC flyweight champion Barb Honchak. And considered the number seven uh, ranked uh, contender in the UFC. Yeah, the she's, division, she's incredibly as talented. As Roxanne is number eight. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that fight, too. Anyway, great nights. And you know what? It's UFC fight week. The uh, the festivities are starting July 4th. I know Ariane and Brittany are hosting the party over there at the uh, Hard Rock Hotel at, uh, what is their place? Not Wet Republic. Uh, Rehab or whatever that place is called. There's that. There's other events. There's that's where you have to go ceremony. after that party is Rehab. After the party, you got to go to rehab. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So lots of stuff to do. It's big, big fight week. Friday night, all the uh, energy you can feel of, which is a warm-up to Saturday night. I'll be there. Looking forward to it. I'll see all you fans this weekend in Las Vegas. Can't wait. If you see me, say hi. No problem with pictures, anything you want. That's what we're there for. This is about the fans. It's always about the fans, but this week is really about the fans. And that's what I love about the UFC. In fight promotions, whether it's, I don't want to mention names, but, you know, let's just say it, Don King, others, De La Hoya, all the great work that all these people have done. They don't spend the millions of dollars it takes to put on like an entire fight week for people as fans, the great fans of MMA and the UFC to enjoy themselves the way this is. I'm not saying putting them down for well, that. What I'm saying is this is what makes the UFC, Zufa, uh, Dana White, WME, Patrick Whitesell, Ari Emanuel, all the all the heads, all the chiefs that I work for. This is why we work for the greatest organization in the right. world. They you know, give back. Well, they give back. Going back, I mean, heck, we just talked to Brian Ortega, okay? He's the co-main event and really honestly is the main event in a lot of ways. Not not putting us down by any means. This is a fine podcast that does great numbers and you know the exposure for Brian, it, it's worth his time to come on. But you right. try to get someone of that status in the boxing world to do an interview that is not with a mainstream media outlet on television just a few days before their fight, it's not going to happen. And the reason, I mean, th there's a couple reasons I think Brian came on the show. One, you obviously have a great relationship with him. But two, no is just very rarely in the vocabulary of a modern-day UFC fighter. And it's because of the, honestly, at this point, generations of fighters that precede them that have always known if, if mixed martial arts is going to get a foothold with the modern, you know, day sports fan, they need to be accessible. And, and that is something, I mean, going back to the days of Chuck Liddell, stopping in the hotel lobby to sign every autograph and take every photo. It's something that has been ingrained in these athletes because it is what sets this sport apart from every other in that mainstream spotlight. 
Absolutely agree with you. Speaking of Chuck Liddell, I know it's a rival organization, but Oscar De La Hoya is. Is it a rival organization? It's not even no, an organization. No, no, no. It's not a rival. You know what? I take that back. Thank you for saying that. It is not a rival organization. I'm not putting Oscar down. Oscar's a friend. I've known him for years. Right, but it's not. Like, I don't even know what this thing is, Bruce. Like, this is a lot of talk. Sure, about agreement has been signed. You show me the date. Show me. You know, I'm not going to believe this I, thing until, what I, until tickets are on sale, I guess. I, and even then. I'm with you. I'm with you, but when I understand on the inside, whatever my inside contact right, yeah, on, yeah. need not be discussed. The ballot signed. The plan is for November, uh, unless it changes. Um, there's a revenue share going to Chuck and to Tito, which was publicized the other day versus okay. the normal fight setup, similar to the boxing setup. How much are they paying and, me to buy this pay per view? It hasn't been said yet. No, no. So, how much are they? How much are they paying me to buy it? You see oh. what I'm saying? Like, no well, offense, no offense, I'll buy it. No offense to Chuck, no offense to Tito. I just, I don't, you bet, I mean, yeah, you better have a good undercard, all right? That's all I'm saying. I don't understand my, why this is happening. I don't understand why people are going to buy it, to be honest with you. what We don't need this fight. It could be a one-off. It could be its own version of a super fight. I certainly can't wait to watch it. We've talked about this before. Um, the question is, is it going to be a night of boxing culminating into a cage being dropped? Into no, it's going to be an MMA like, show, it, it, Bruce. It, it, yeah. What, where's, where's the talent going to come from with Bellator UFC, having everybody UFC mainly having, See, everybody. I think it's, where, I think, I think it's going to be a Bellator co-promotion. Um, that's what I think. I think you need a team of MMA people to actually pull this off. I mean, I know Oscar has, you know, money and I'm sure he has people around, but if you don't know how to do MMA, it's very difficult. So. I I, I I expect there to be some sort of co-promoting something where, you know, Oscar and his team aren't, you know, expected to put on a, a full-blown MMA card and a one-off. I Just the bottom line is this, Bruce. I'm sorry. If you ask me to pay more than $40 for Tito and, and Chuck, eh, I, I mean, it's well, going to be very difficult for me to do that. There's a lot of these matchups happening in different reasons, different realms, different, different, uh, Situations. Another one that's happening, getting away from that, because we really, I, I guess we beat it to death. I don't know what else to say. I wish them both luck. They're both my friends. Sure. Yeah, this isn't disparaging you know? between either of them. I just don't want to see Chuck Liddell get hit, and I've already seen him beat Tito Ortiz twice, and this fight doesn't speak anything about their legacy. Tito doesn't become a better fighter in any way if he gets a win over Chuck Liddell. Chuck has nothing to gain but a payday. I would hope that Chuck doesn't need a payday. I, I, don't, I don't see what anybody gets out of this. With all respect to everybody involved, including Chuck, You're Tito, so PC, Oscar, I, I have to be. It's a money grab. And you know what? Well, combat sports People, is a money grab for the most it's part. A money, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's a money grab. And, and again, looking at myself, as myself, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it's that simple. I'm coming over I, then because I'm not paying for it. And come over. Finally, you make it over to Buffer Manor. We'll get this thing set and settled. All right. that. Let's get away from that. There's some serious news happening. Uh, I, do we have to? I, do we, we really have to? Have to? We have to. I, I've just got to send my best wishes, not condolences. Yeah. My best wishes yep. for the for the rescue of these boys, the soccer team of boys and others trapped in these caves in Thailand. Yeah. When you read this and you realize what's going on and the fact that they finally got to them after 10 days, the first reaction out of these young boys was, we need to eat. These are like Henry at 13, a bunch of boys being in there for 10 days. Now, Most 13-year-olds can't go 10 hours, Buff, without food. Of course. And, and now there's talk they could be there for another four months. Right. There's talk about the monsoon season hitting here in days. They might have to get there early. They don't even know as a rule, from what I understand, how to swim. They may have to scuba dive. There could be, God forbid, horrific situations coming out of this. I can't even imagine or fathom what it's like. No. But I'm going to ask you a key question. Mm -hmm. And I mean this with all respect to every culture, every nation in this great world of the planet Earth that we live on. Not just the United States and our great country. These are a group of Asian boys, if I'm not mistaken, from Thailand. Do you think that if this was Southern California boys that were over in Thailand that decided to go cave diving or investigation that got in this, do you think the cultural difference would make a difference in not being discovered for 10 days, much less the fact that they might not get out of there for four months, the mental aspects and all they have to deal with? Do you think the culture is going to make them stronger to deal with the ordeal that they're in because they are who they are as far as the people in that cave? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, forget Southern California boys. Southern California men probably men. couldn't put up yeah. with this. And 
Right. You know, we, we are all different creatures based on where we are brought up and the surroundings that uh, we are raised in. Um, if you've ever been to Thailand, you know that it is, uh, I mean, I don't mean this disparagingly. In a lot of ways, people go to Thailand because of this. It's much simpler. Um, you go to the market and you buy the food for the day. You uh, don't live in excess like we do uh, here in the States. When that is taken away from you due to a horrific situation like that, um, I, I think stress is probably handled easier by these young men that grow up in a more simplistic culture. Um, I guarantee you that if you had you know, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old boys st- stuck in this situation that grew up in Southern California, someone is probably going to get punched that day because forget 10 days without food, it's 10 days without Fortnite. And you know what oh. I mean? Like, it's just yeah. that, that's where we are. I I'm, I in no way mean that disparaging to Americans, to, uh, you know, the, these young Thai uh, boys that are in this situation. It's just, you know, it, it's hard to think that you could go from a, a, a posh life to being stuck in a cave and not having right. food for 10 days. And, and I mean, their sanity down there right now is being tested. It would test the sanity of anybody. But I, I get what you're saying. Maybe they're more equipped. Uh, based on their surroundings coming up than, than maybe, you know, kids yeah, to, from here. To deal, to deal stronger with the situation. mental. I can't even fathom if I was in that situation. I'm, I've tried. It, it's just hard to fathom. There was a situation in the Andes when a soccer team went down on a plane right. and they made a movie about it. Yeah. They wound up eating each other to stay alive. Right. Okay. Now, this is 10 days in. Now, the children have been given food uh, and given water and food that's easy to digest because you got to think about it. Their, their intestines, their stomach right. are collapsing almost because there's no movement. There's no exercise going right. on there. They can't digest the stuff. They're getting, being given food to provide high energy. Yep. And this is really cool. I read this too. They've been given access to telephone lines. So they're able to reach their families. That's huge. And that's the, that's to build mental strength right. in themselves for what they have ahead of them. I mean, I can't even imagine being a father or a mother right. of one of these children. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. If they're able to listen to music, how uplifting that can be. Um, this is a really terrible situation, and anything and everything goes a really, really long way. And, you know, the sad part is this, Bruce. You hit the nail on the head. The fact is that they're in contact with, with people. We have found them. We know, you know, what it's going to take to get them out. But there are so many X factors here that this story doesn't necessarily end well. This isn't no. a movie. You know, no. we, we can't rely on everything working out and people living happily ever after. And that is what is, is incredibly scary here. It's truly going to be an example of the Darwinian theory of survival of the fittest. And, and in one of the situations that relates to this, in a worst case scenario, they're going to have to dive them out. Now, it's been said that most, if not all of these children, if I'm not mistaken, they don't know how to swim. Right Now, it won't be anything like diving that most people think diving is. It will be diving into what is effectively muddy water right. that's really fast flowing. And when you're in muddy water that's fast flowing, especially in a cave situation that's, that's considered to be a half mile underground, you can't tell when you're in that water if you're up you're down right. or you're sideways. Right. That is not no. a healthy situation. No, I mean, w- what happens to lifeguards that aren't really great swimmers? They end up drowning themselves trying to save somebody else. Unfortunately, this is going to be one of those situations where, you know, I-, I understand people are trapped right now, but this isn't going to be necessarily a happy ending for the the people that are involved in rescuing these kids. It- it's scary. It's it's one of, I mean, this isn't the first time human beings have been trapped underground and, and we've had to wait weeks or months to get them out. It is It unfortunately happens a lot in this world. However, I don't recall a story recently, if not ever, that was this sort of like, hold your breath. And, and not only hold your breath, you know, for the next couple of days, like this could be something that goes on for months, Bruce. I, it, I, I don't know how anyone that has firsthand knowledge or a relationship with these people uh, affected by this can eat a meal or go to sleep. It's hard. They haven't told the children yet, but there's one person that guessed I mean, it could be up to four months. Listen, I just, 
wish them the best. I think about this every day. It's been on my mind. I can't get it out of my mind. It's horrific. I'm sure some Hollywood screenwriters writing the script as this thing is happening. Let's just see how this unfolds. Well, I mean, and I'm just hoping for the best all the way around. That, that, that's, all that's, that's the thing about it. Like we already said, this isn't a movie. You can write the movie, but it's not going to be a film unless it ends well. It's just no one's going to commemorate something that could end this tragically if it ends I, tragically, you know what I mean? And, and I, I, don't, I, I don't want to think about it till we're faced with it. I just want to yeah. think these, that these children and the people that are with them get out of there yeah. and let's, let's give huge kudos to everybody on the rescue teams for all the efforts that they're putting forth because they're putting their lives at risk too. For sure. So, I mean, if you are a spiritual godly person, say a prayer, if you're yeah. just someone who hopes the best for people, have these people in your thoughts. Cause my, my goodness, like I can't imagine. I want other people in your thoughts here. We have a couple of horrific situations that involve children um, that I need to cover because, you know, we're dealing with all these situations that happen with the school shootings and the and the terrorist shootings and the, and the terrorist actions and people dying and people getting injured and lives being changed in a millisecond or overnight. There's a, I, this is this is crazy. This is not another example of no matter where you at, anything can happen. This took place in Boise, Idaho. A three-year-old refugee girl was having a birthday party in her apartment complex over last weekend. She just died, TJ, of her injuries. Eight people, including five children, were hurt in the attack. Okay, seven victims are still in the hospital with critical injuries. The victims are refugees who fled to the U.S. from Syria, Iraq, and Ethiopia. And they fled here to escape violence. They right. fled here to, you know, to get out of a bad situation. This is the land of opportunity. Land of opportunity. That basically... An a-hole uh, named Timmy Kinner. He's been charged with first-degree murder and eight counts of aggravated assault. He was in the apartment like two doors or so down without any understanding of why or reasoning wherefore. He went over with a knife and went on a stabbing rampage, stabbing children at a birthday party. You know, this, this a-hole's been arrested. Uh, don't even get me started on how I feel, but... I just can't say it anymore. This is like so hard. three years old, TJ, yeah. celebrating her birthday. Why? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, I was chatting with my wife today, and um, she asked me when the Vegas shooting happened, and she's like, "Was that two years ago? Was that was was that three years ago?" And I'm like, "Melissa, that was eight months ago, nine months yep. ago." Yep. And these yep. things are stacking up so mm -hmm. much, Bruce. Whether it's shooting or whether it's a stabbing incident like this, like. You can't, you have no context for when any of this stuff really occurs because it's so frequent. And I don't know. I don't know how to, to better curb this behavior um, because it, it, it just, it seems like there's no end in sight. And, and again, we talk about gun regulation. This doesn't even involve a gun. You know what I mean? Because like, if oh. somebody wants to hurt somebody, this is proof of the fact it doesn't matter. They can take a crowbar. They can take a pencil. Right. They can take a knife. If somebody's that mentally deranged, they will do what they want to do with what they have to do it with. It's just it's been proven, and this right. is an example. Now, another situation that occurred. Well, you can't fix that crazy. I, that, that's that's the big thing there. Can't fix crazy. Yeah, exactly, and that's got to be an issue here with this with this person. Um, IKEA. This is crazy. Now we heard the story of the FBI agent that did the flip at the party. His gun right, fell yeah, out, shot yeah. somebody in the leg. Uh, you know, again, guns. <laughs> You got to be careful with guns, okay? They're meant to be respected. They're always to be considered loaded. We talk about this all the time in this time radio. Now, this is not a funny story. This is a, this is another story, but God forbid it, it, it. Thankfully, it avoided tragedy. A young kid was at IKEA. He's six years old. Mm -hmm. He's looking into a sofa at IKEA, and there was a loaded weapon in the sofa that oh obviously dropped out of somebody. He picked it up, and he shot it. Oh, inside Ikea. My God. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But my God, you have a weapon, whether you're a criminal or you have a, a concealed weapons permit, either way, don't you know when that falls out of your belt, your back of your pocket, your yes. whatever? Yes. Well, I mean, don't you, you should. Know? You should. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, 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 incomprehensible. Just well, I mean, story. Go, going, going back what we were talking about, you, you can't fix crazy. Unfortunately, it's it's incredibly hard to fix stupid, and uh, this is just stupid. Whoever is, is in charge of that gun, whether they have a, a permit or not, how dumb are you? I, I agree. Now, speaking of how dumb are you, 
Harvey Weinstein's back in the news. He will be in the news for a very long time. But now he's been indicted on more charges, including predatory sexual assault. The new charges that have come against him are the most serious charges that he faces. They include a minimum sentence of 10 years and a maximum sentence of life in prison. It's a class A2 felony, which he is now put up against. And in addition to the two counts of predatory sexual assault, he's got the other count that he's been charged of of criminal sexual assault for a forcible act back at a third woman in 2006. Everything points to the fact that Harvey Weinstein is going to be spending time in jail. That's all I can say. And anyway, that's that's a, that's an update. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm disgusted by this man for more reasons than I can begin to tell you. Let's go into sports. The Lakers. Wow. They signed LeBron James. Four-year deal, $154 million. That is nothing compared to the endorsement deals that LeBron James is going to get playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Is, I mean, I understand you love business. I understand that that's a real thing. But is he even going to notice? I, I mean, my God, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Well, the he, NBA seems to be a joke to me, Bruce. Everyone picks and chooses where they want to play. They basically talk to each other and make these super teams. I, I don't even feel like the GMs can make proper moves to be competitive. If you're a small market NBA team, sorry, man, you, you're not going to compete because you got to get everyone on board. It's just the Cavaliers, the only reason the Cavs like did as well as they did is because they drafted LeBron you know, way back in the day, and he wanted to come home, and you know, people wanted to play with him. It just doesn't matter. It, the NBA is a joke to me. Well, I understand why you're saying that, and I'm not arguing that point at all. Um, I do understand, if I'm not incorrect, that people on the Lakers team actually took a pay cut. Again, that's what I'm LeBron. saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They took yeah. a pay cut because they all want to win a championship together. I don't think exactly. that's right. I really don't. Uh, you, you're taking the power out of the hands of the general managers that need to make trades and. And, and draft properly, and, like, th there's no skill in putting together a championship team. You just need to get uh, the players to cooperate. So you're saying this is kind of like the New York Yankees versus the San Diego Chargers? No, because the New York Yankees are willing to pay everybody. Those players are going, yeah, I'll go to the Yankees because they're going to pay me. If, if they were going to be paid the same amount of money to go to the Kansas City Royals, they all would go to the Kansas City Royals. I mean, Well, I have no— I, I'm with you, but I have no problem in a case with the New England Patriots where Tom Brady takes a pay cut so that he can bring a player on his team that works with him. That's the lead player, highest paid player on the team taking a pay cut to support the team. There's more it's moving not, parts in the NFL than there are in the NBA. That's what I bothers agree. me. You need three That's players true. to win a championship in the NBA. So three well, guys can go to dinner and go, hey, where do you want to go win a championship together? Well, there's two teams now to look forward to coming out. It's going to be the Warriors, yeah. obviously getting stronger and stronger, and and the Lakers. It's collusion. You know? It's all I'll collusion. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. What? The seats at the Lakers <laughs> yeah. have already doubled sure, for the course. first show. They've already doubled. I'm talking on StubHub and everything else, but they're raising the price. Of course they are. They yeah. have to. You're such they a fight to to guy. You're such a fight guy. The tickets have gone up for the first show. First game, <laughs> Buff. First game. It's all right, getting back to basketball, the ex-Laker, Will Chamberlain, the great Will Chamberlain right. as far as ba playing basketball. And in some people's mind, the great Will Chamberlain, because along with Ric Flair, who may be a little jealous woo. of Will Chamberlain, but Will, Ch woo, but Will Chamberlain claims that he uh, had sexual relations with basically over 20,000 hookups. So the house that he owned, his famous bedroom, which was one time pictured in, in uh, Life magazine, I'll never forget it when I was a kid, the way it was set up. Anyway, it's, it could be yours for a small fee of $18.99 million. Um, maybe Ric Flair is going to buy it. Maybe LeBron James is going to stay in it. Who knows? Yeah, bring bring but, some bleach wipes, all right? Yeah, yeah. bring bring a lot of handy wipes, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Lysol. That's all I can say. Right. <laughs> all right, enjoy that. All right, listen, everybody. Um, have a great 4th of July weekend. You know, t this show will come on after the 4th of July, but I hope all of you spend time with your family and your loved ones. And celebrate, no matter what your political viewpoints and complaints and 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 uh, praises lie in this current state of our political situation in this country. But the fact is, is we live in the greatest country in the world. So I wish all of you a wonderful time in July 4th, celebrating with your family, yeah. celebrating with your loved ones. I plan on doing the same. Yeah, keep you all your fingers, it. people. Don't lose any fingers. Don't think you know how fireworks work if you don't know how fireworks work. Don't lose a thumb. You need that. And uh, can, I get, yeah. can I give you an example of what you're saying? Sure. 
when I was a teenager, you know, on the beach, we had uh, in, in Malibu, you know, there were barges set out the fireworks. And like a lot of kids, you know, we go down to Mexico and bring back the fireworks, whatever the case might be. I used to hold in my hand M80s. Oh, God. Which a lot of people consider a quarter stick of dynamite, you know, or an eighth of a stick. And I would wait till that fuse got down so that when I threw it, it would blow up as it hit the top of the water because I'd be standing at the ocean. What's wrong and, with and, you? And the party. No, it's stupid. But I'm telling you, yeah, but but you know when kid. I learned you're never to do that again? Yeah. You know, when I when a friend of mine lost his finger doing the same damn thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that guy, it wasn't me. I'm sorry for him, but it taught me a lesson. And I'm telling everybody out there, respect, not just Mother Nature, respect fireworks, please. Yeah. Even a bottle rocket can cause a house to go on fire. So be careful. Have a great time. Enjoy your sparklers. Enjoy the fireworks shows and be safe. Fourth of July is a great day, but you have to consider the fact everybody and their mother is out to watch fireworks. Be safe. Enjoy. Have a great time. TJ, anything you want to tell the audience before we sign off? Uh, no, just don't go to the ER. And if you do, come back, listen to the show, and listen to this part. We told you so. All right? We told you so. You're a dummy. No, I'm kidding. Just be safe, people. <laughs> don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at TJ DeSantis. There you go. That's words of wisdom. Follow me on Instagram, Bruce Buffer, at Bruce Buffer UFC, Twitter, at Bruce Buffer. Everybody, have a great 4th of July. Enjoy your barbecues. Enjoy your families. Enjoy your loved ones. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy the weather. Just enjoy, because that's what it's all about. I'll see you from the Octagon on Friday. I'll see you from the Octagon on Saturday. I'll see you on Sunday at the World Series of Beer Pong in Las Vegas for the championship finals. So it's a busy week ahead for me amongst a bunch of other things I have to do. TJ, love you, brother. Have a great time with the family. All my best. Everybody out there, treat everybody with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn everything you can about them before you set foot on that path. And when you do, there's only one thing you can be. Be the best you can be. It's all about winning in life, folks. And it's all relative to what you do. And that's what we talk about in this time radio. It's time to win. Have a great time. Happy 4th of July. Buffer up. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.